You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And as promised, I've brought back my better half, my wife, Victoria, to continue our previous conversation from last episode. Welcome back to the show, babe. Thanks. Yeah. It's uh, already been one of the most downloaded episodes that we've had. So clearly the people like you a lot more than they like (laughs) me. So figured I'd have you back. Here we are. What's been one highlight from... Uh, the past week for you was it the maybe the surprise birthday party we had for your mom oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing that really happened i can't remember what i did yesterday <laughs> yeah um, yeah that was fun that actually turned out really well we did a um like a legit surprise where we all hide and jump out try to give her a heart attack (laughs) so (laughs) it was a success not the heart attack but the surprise (laughs) that would have not gone well how old did she did dear old betty i shouldn't say dear old dear young betty turn 60 nice and her birthday just happened right or august so a little late but i say the best way to surprise somebody for their birthday (laughs) is do it two months after their actual birthday they will not see it coming well yeah the reason I feel so bad. She, she was in Canada. We were in Hawaii. And I honestly just forgot. And so she, every time that she would go out to eat with someone or someone would be like, hey, are you busy this day? She would think, oh, this is it. And then it wouldn't <laughs> happen. Happening. And so finally, and then she'd get really sad. And so finally she told me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel terrible for forgetting and not, <laughs> not doing anything. Because I... I like planning. We did a surprise for my dad. We did a surprise trip for my sister. And then we're... Which probably only made your mom feel worse. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's so like, how did I not, yeah, do that? My bad. Yeah. yeah, we love you, Betty. No, it was a fun time. Went to the apple orchard and then had people back here. And yeah, I think she felt better, better late than never. So. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the previous episode where we kind of talked through some of the ways that we've tried to invest in creating an uncommon marriage, I'd actually encourage you to pause this episode, go and listen to last week's part one, which really sets the table for the conversation we're about to have, and then come back and we'll be right here waiting. That's the beauty of podcasts. We won't go anywhere. Uh, Last week's episode was entitled Milestones. Victoria and I were really taking some time to reflect on the past five years of our marriage, the mistakes we've made, the lessons learned, the victories celebrated, and why we feel it's important to consistently invest in your personal role as a husband or wife, and then also invest in your marriage together, because I like to say nobody creates an uncommon marriage on accident. I want to ask you, Victoria, do you remember, what did we talk about last week, or what were even just one key point from our conversation that's kind of stuck with you? (laughs) 
That's what I heard. I just said I can't remember what I did yesterday. I think just remembering and thinking back on all the classes and things that we've done to invest and um, not just doing that in the beginning of marriage, but continuing that throughout is a good reminder. So like we haven't done that class was like two years ago, I think. You're talking about re-engage? Yeah. So we've done other like smaller things, but yeah, I think it, it's time <laughs> to right. do another class. They're fun and yeah, just a good way to build on top of the friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. build Keep building on that foundation. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, actually, we'll go through and just kind of recap some of the stuff we talked about in case people didn't hear. And they're just like, no, I'm not going back and listening to the episode. I'm listening to this one. <laughs> so give you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, we talked about expectations in marriage. So these can be a relationship killer because our expectations usually don't align with our reality. And I think we tend to place higher expectations on our partner than we're probably willing to put on ourselves. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You never do that to me. Um, Talked about how we can counteract expectations by approaching our spouse with curiosity and appreciation or gratitude. I think even noting like expecting the best from your spouse. So giving them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to their actions and their motives speaking life into the person that Christ has called them to be, not your unrealistic version of their perfect self, but more so the sanctified version of who they're becoming as they battle sin, grow into godly maturity, and strive to live in love towards you. So just speaking life into who you know God's called them to be, and and hopefully they're doing that for you. Anything you want to add to expectations? No? All right, cool. Then we also address some of the biggest challenges we face in terms of prioritizing quality, connection, and intimacy in our marriage. The first was lack of emotional desire. So as infatuation fades, you really have to work to connect emotionally through quality time, intentional conversation, acts of service, emotional connection, I think precedes physical intimacy and romance. Do you care to speak to that from a woman's perspective on like the importance of an emotional connection in marriage as it pertains to like romance and like the physical connection? Yeah, I think I definitely feel more connected like when we've had deep conversations like you. I think the way you started the podcast last week was like, what was the best thing about your day? And um, so just seeing that you truly are interested in care rather than just like on your phone. How was your day? Yeah. And I remember your answer. It was cake pops. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I listened. I wrote that down in my journal. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just having that intentional conversation definitely makes for deeper intimacy Mm -hmm. and connection. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's true from a guy's perspective as well. Like I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say that. Like I, feel like our physical attraction and intimacy is better when I also feel like we've had emotional connection. So yeah, I think it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So the next one was complacency. The the default setting in any relationship, especially in marriage, is to drift and kind of settle into predictable mundane patterns or routines. So it takes both partners to intentionally pursuing and I think even surprising each other in order to combat complacency and 
really infuse your marriage with excitement. And one of the ways we've tried to do that is just mixing up our dating life, which is really kind of be going to be what we talk about in, in detail on this episode. The third challenge to prioritizing intimacy was assumption. So part of falling into the drift is succumbing to assumptions about your spouse, thinking you've learned everything about them, assuming that you know all their motives and intentions. So again, the, the importance here is choosing to approach them with curiosity and appreciation that will help you continue to be, a, I think, a phrase like be a student of your spouse um, and learn more about them as they change and evolve over time. Any thoughts on that? Good. The last one was kids. And while we never want to use our kids as an excuse or a scapegoat for being complacent in our marriage, the reality is that having kids does present new challenges in connecting in our marriage, but those challenges can be overcome. And we talked about this also last week, like your kids can, and I think even should make your marriage stronger and not cause its downfall. And we're going to talk, talk about that in detail as well. And then the last thing we went through last week was just the some of the ways that we've tried to invest in our marriage. So learning from a variety of resources, books, devotionals, Bible studies. Victoria already mentioned the re-engage class we took, but we also did a pre-marriage class and then also went through financial peace. Um, we've tried to cultivate community, so having friendships, our church community is obviously important. We have a connection group that meets every week, and that's really valuable for us in our marriage, but I think also in the lives of our children. We've served together, which as our kids get older, we want to prioritize like having them serve as well, serving as a family. We have our weekly devotional times on Thursday, which candidly we have not done in a few weeks. So should we do it this week? <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Sweet. And then we have created a family vision board and mission statement. And I've done episodes on both of those and kind of how you can take action on that. So you can listen to, to those episodes. And the last thing that we covered was our annual, we changed the name from couples goal setting retreat, which is bleh, <laughs> to dream retreat, <laughs> where we reflect on the previous year and cast vision for the upcoming year. And we also just mix in a lot of fun. So Victoria and I have gone to Kansas City the last couple of years and have had some fun dates. Um, and actually, you can join us this February in Kansas City for The Uncommon's first ever couples dream retreat, where you'll go through the same packet and just questions and kind of thought exercises that Victoria and I have used to cast this victorious vision in our marriage and family. You'll also get to meet other uncommon couples and share fun experiences to build friendship and intimacy in your marriage. You can sign up today at theuncommon.com slash couples retreat waitlist. I'll include that link in the show notes, but we'd love to have you there. We're only taking six couples, so don't wait. Uh, anything to add before <laughs> we get into the topic for today? Let's get started. Okay. Well, let me start off with a question for you, wife. In five years of marriage, what has been one of your most favorite dates that we've had? Hmm. I don't think it's necessarily just one day. I think of all the times that we've done like dress up parties. So like mm. there's been different Halloween ones or my work used to do costume parties. And um, I don't know. It's just 
not something that is very common and so dressing up is super fun and then I feel like there was always dancing and Mm -hmm. um, it's not the typical just out to dinner things so I don't know that always that sticks out it was so fun Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's more memorable than just your typical dinner date yeah and you I feel like you go all out on dressing up and so (laughs) it's just like hilarious getting ready with you (laughs) (laughs) well thank you yeah I what was the second work one that I went to is like is decades yeah so, so I we, yeah chose what the 60s I think the 60s or 40s I wore my grandma's clothes actually and they were super cute and then you rented an outfit that was a smidge too small oh man I almost <laughs> ripped my pants but we were uh, decked out in all green yeah and then I attempted to sport a mustache yeah, yeah. I colored it and then yeah. he shaved it yeah. that night <laughs> good old-fashioned dirt squirrel (laughs) yeah that was fun yeah what about you thank you for asking i'm getting better (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i actually wrote down for you because i feel like i've asked you this question a handful of times and a lot of times you mentioned the wine and cheese picnic yeah that we did when we were like first dating yeah i was that one came to my mind too that was super fun and you're always like we should do that again and i'm like cool plan it (laughs) <laughs> we haven't done it yet. it was like this time of year too fallish because uh-huh. i remember it was chilly and we just set up a hammock mm-hmm. and a frisbee and sat in this field and um had super delicious cheese and yeah you said there was wine there I don't there was wine that. yeah nice wine and cheese a little little talking a little smooching <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that to answer your for myself so you know that I like to do new, fun, and challenging experiences, kind of like you said, as opposed to just getting dinner. Dinner's good, but you got to mix it up. So what comes to mind for me are dates where we've been active. So when we were first dating and even in recent years, like we've gone to yoga together. That's fun. And, and my my goal in yoga is just to like try to make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and, and usually... We'll get through like the hour workout and then maybe we'll go grab a bite to eat or a drink uh, somewhere nearby. We've gone dancing. So we've done a dance class, but we've also just gone dancing mm-hmm. um, a couple times. Uh, I think of when we were in Hawaii, we did the hike. <laughs> uh, <Ooh>. Coco <laughs> Crater Trail. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> which you, you did a great job, persevered. And then actually the day after our five-year anniversary... We took a day trip up to Minneapolis uh, for a workout with Embrace North. So we like worked out with a group of strangers in this. It wasn't even so much a park; it was like a boulevard, mm-hmm. just in this neighborhood, surrounded by like houses and cafes. So we did this forty-minute workout and then went back to the gym for sauna and cold plunge and steak and guac. And that was just a fun. I'd been wanting to get back up there, and I'd been kind of talking your ear off about that place for the past year so it was cool just for you to see it and experience it um so yeah those those are fun dates for me Mm -hmm. so why do you think it's important for us to prioritize dating in our marriage especially now that we have kids yeah it's definitely important i think just to continue to build that relationship um i feel like a lot of our conversations sometimes are like small or like when we're at home with the kids or they're about the kids um which is super fun and always a good laugh but 
hard to actually ask those deep converse, deep questions. Um, sometimes you'll even like during our, uh, devotional time, just be like, how, how are you doing? And not just like, how are you doing? But deeper, like, how are you doing spiritually and emotionally? And what can I be praying for you for? And, um, so yeah, I think of like our road trip. We just had three hours. Was it three hours? Yeah. Three, three hour like three and a half up, three and a half back. Um, with, yeah, no kids. And that was undistracted conversation that we could, um, we talked nonstop <laughs> <laughs> almost. Um, but yeah, just asking those intentional questions so that we can continue to learn about each other and grow our friendship. Awesome. Yeah. I think many couples fall into the trap of prioritizing parenting over marriage. So most of their focus and like you touched on, like their conversations are about the kids and how the kids do and are are they happy and well cared for. And I think their spouse can become like an afterthought. And don't get me wrong. I think to some degree, like kids do come first. So like if we're sitting down on a Thursday evening for our devotional time and our son wakes up and he's crying, we're not just going to ignore him and be like, sorry, this is mom and dad's time. <laughs> We might let him cry it out for a little bit, but eventually like one of us is going to go up there and tend to his needs and then hopefully be able to resume what we're doing when we can. So there's, I don't know if balance is the right word, but you know, you, you have your priorities straight and then you kind of make concessions when you need to. And then another thing we talked about last week, it's important to prioritize dating in your marriage when you have kids because your kids need to see you date and interact as friends. Um, pursuing your spouse in friendship and romance allows you to model to your your son or your daughter the type of partners they should be and the type of healthy relationships that they should pursue. And I'd say from like a faith standpoint, and we're Christians, like the most important thing for husbands is that by loving and serving your your wife, you are demonstrating the gospel of Christ's love and sacrifice for his bride, the church, which you can read about in Ephesians 5 and, and elsewhere. And then I think one of the last, the last reason, one of the last reasons why prioritizing dating in marriage, especially when you have kids, is to really guard against what I refer to as the empty nester dilemma. So what do I mean by this? Like picture a, a married couple. Uh, they have maybe two or three kids. And then for the next 18 plus years, they focus primarily on their kids' happiness and, and their needs, and they kind of neglect pursuing their spouse. Now, what do you think is going to, what do you think their marriage is going to look like, you know, 18 plus years later when their kids are out of the house? Is it going to be good, bad? What do you think? I mean, yeah, I think of after 18 years there's definitely going to be drifting they're probably not going to really know each other they're going to feel more like roommates and then they're not going to know what to do or talk about when they're gone Mm -hmm. i know i've heard that from a few people yeah i think it's pretty common Um, we're talking about ways to create an uncommon marriage but yeah i think in that scenario that's going to be a rude awakening Um, it's like oh it's just the two of us now and we haven't been pursuing each other for the past two decades like I think that's going to be a marriage that's empty of any like true love or devotion and it's not like you just flip a switch and like oh now we're back to 
newlywed, you know, <laughs> time in our lives, it's like that's going to be a hard thing to come back from because mm-hmm. you haven't been putting in the work. So those are some reasons why we believe that prioritizing dating is important even now that we have two boys and a third on the way it's like we we gotta make make this happen and it's it's not just for our own good it's for the the good of our family so let's talk about some things we've done to mix up our dating life over the past five years Um, we'll kind of be all over the board here uh, but these are just ideas it's not an exhaustive list so hopefully you can take one or a few of these things and and implement it in your own uh, pursuit of dating so just purchasing different resources. And the one that comes to mind for me is the adventure date book. So that's something that maybe you've seen on social media. It's been, been uh, pretty popular, but it's just a book with kind of these scratch off date ideas. And they kind of have different themes and they give you hints of like what the date is going to entail as far as like, are you going to be outside or are you going to have to drive somewhere? Is it going to be in your house? Is it going to be free or inexpensive or cost you a little bit more money? Do you need a babysitter? Things like that. And we've had the book for, I don't know, half a year, maybe even almost a full year. I think we've only done a handful of the dates. Um, So it's not something we've been super consistent in. They give you a, you can buy like a Polaroid camera as well. And so then you take a Polaroid picture from the date and then you can put it in the book and there's like journal entries. So it is a fun idea. We just haven't really made it a consistent practice and then the, <laughs> i think we lost some momentum one of the dates is like find a a good small town restaurant in your area and, and this is the last one yeah did. <laughs> yeah what happened with that one well <laughs> i don't want to talk about it so i'll let you <laughs> um ryan instead of keeping the gps just searched the restaurant and then was like oh yeah i know how to get there starts driving we drive all the way to is some some small town. I don't even know. It was probably thirty five minutes away, and then he turns his GPS on, searches it, and realizes the restaurant's in Oregon. <laughs> and so he's like, "Okay, let's search another one." So does it again. Shuts the GPS off. Oh, I know where this one's at. We drive another like forty minutes. So they were like towns that we knew, but they were just in the wrong state. So easy mistake. (laughs) No. (laughs) So we get to this next town and he pulls it up again, the restaurant. And this one was in like Maine or something. And I was like, what are you doing? So I should have known too, because like the pictures of the restaurant and Yelp were like, they were nice places. And like these towns we were going to were just like podunk. Yeah. Yeah. So we were super excited. Then we get there and didn't exist. And then... We finally end up driving just to Ankeny and going to a restaurant we've already been to, which mm-hmm. is, it was still good and fun, but after like two hours of yeah. driving. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I think we didn't, I mean, I felt bad, but you didn't like get super mad at me and more, more than anything, we were just, we're just like laughing, laughing at yeah. how ridiculous I was. Especially after two times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. I'm a dumb, dumb. <laughs> yeah. So, well, maybe we'll do, we'll take another crack at it. Uh, I'll be in charge of driving. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I've heard people have like, you know, people have different rhythms when it comes to dating. I think it's definitely a luxury if you can do like weekly dates from like a financial and time standpoint. I just don't think that's the most realistic for us right now, depending on what type of dates you're doing. Like, could you go get coffee? Sure. But to do kind of a more involved date. So our rhythm has kind of been, 
let's do like one kind of intentional and like planned out day each month. And we kind of tried to take turns because I think it's, I think it's nice in a marriage. I mean, to have both partners like take turns planning. It means a lot to me when I know that you've put time and energy into planning a fun date for us. Um, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I think just when we're on the date, again, you've touched on like the importance of asking generative questions and we try not to have our phones out. So another thing we've done is do some day trips. So we already talked about the day trip we took to Minneapolis a couple weeks ago for our anniversary. That was a fun thing to do. We also, do you remember when we went to Pike's Peak? Was that the spooky cave? Yep. Yes. So when our first son, (laughs) Eamon, was a baby, we drove out to eastern Iowa and there's some hiking out there and then there's this cave called Spook Cave and you like get in a boat and just float through these caves. Which they should not allow babies. No. Because (laughs) to get into the cave... I, everyone had to lay down on the floor of the boat and I couldn't do that with a baby. So I just had to like sandwich on top of him, like laying flat on him as he's on my lap. And then we had to go under this really short ceiling and he was like almost asleep and then started waking up and like crying and then it's echoing in the caves. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We almost had to like... Moses style just float him in a basket next to our boat thankfully it <laughs> didn't come come to that and then uh went to Galena when we were mm-hmm. first dating yeah that's fun. um drove out there and it had just like blizzarded and all the shops were closed so we just walked around yeah. ate and then drove back but that was like it was so pretty the snow is still like coming down pretty heavy yeah. and pretty thick Yep. That's it's just one of those things where it's like you get in the car, you don't know what you're what to expect and then everything's closed and you just make the best of it <laughs> and then you drive back and yeah. But I still remember it to this day. <laughs> and then uh, we love to travel, so some places that we've gone and maybe we can talk about a couple of them that stand out, but we've gone to Austin, Chicago for the weekend. We've gone skiing a couple times in Minnesota. Soon this December we'll add Breckenridge to that list, so That'll be true skiing. We went camping in Arkansas with my brother and his <laughs> wife. I feel like that's an experience we should talk about for sure. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we went to my cousin's wedding in Vermont last summer with my parents. And I, I will mention that I'm the only cousin that uh, went to that wedding. So by default, I'm now his favorite cousin ever. <laughs> we took a baby moon to Maine when right after Eamon was born. And then for a five-year, we went to Hawaii for like eight days. So, yeah. Did you mention Spain? Oh, yeah. We also went to Spain. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, which one stands out to you, <laughs> good or bad? <laughs> um, I mean, Spain was incredible. That was, that was the true baby moon. I was 12 weeks pregnant, I think. Um, so, like, getting past, almost past the nausea part. So, there's a few times where I... But not the fatigue. Wasn't, oh gosh, wasn't <laughs> feeling good. But, yeah, the time change was rough. So, I almost slept the whole trip away. Ryan had to keep waking me up. <laughs> yeah, like, I would love to go, like, see this beautiful place <laughs> that we paid a lot of money. And I'm like, I just want to sleep. 
<laughs> but no, I will give you credit because you were a trooper for being four months pregnant because we walked everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like we got a cab one time on like the last day because we had just walked so far away from our hotel and and I think both of us were ready to be done walking. But super fun to just go to a, another country and it's just so walkable. Like there's shops and restaurants and things to do everywhere. It's just fun. I think we both like being dropped off in a place where we have no idea what's there and we kind of have a tentative plan each day, but it's like, let's just go explore. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'll talk about camping. <laughs> so we okay. took We took a, only time I've ever been to Arkansas. So we went to Fayetteville, went camping with my brother and his wife. And, uh, I mean, and I warned you, I do not like <laughs> camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a tent uh, basically, Victoria was convinced that every spider within a half mile radius was out for blood. <laughs> Only time I've ever really heard her say the F word. I did. Whoops. <laughs> 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 yeah, at one point she jumped on my back to have me carry her to the bathroom. And then we got to the bathroom and I'm like, don't look up because there are spiders <laughs> everywhere. It was, yeah, it was... I've never seen this many. I feel like when people go camping, and I've been twice, two other times, I think, and obviously I know that there's bugs. I just mainly don't like spiders, so I know that there's spiders out there. But this was insane. Like there were a lot. They were everywhere. Like every couple of steps I would take, they yeah, just like swarming. And so I was trying so hard not to be annoying and asking him to kill every single one because i know that's unrealistic (laughs) but yeah at one point i remember you kept killing them and then you were like okay i'm done killing them and i was just like oh crap and so i just sat there and then like i felt like 10 of them were coming at me and so i just like burst into tears (laughs) like put me in the tent at six o'clock i'm going to bed (laughs) yeah yeah luckily my brother was there so we, we could actually sit out and enjoy the fire but I listened from in there. (laughs) (laughs) And then other than traveling, I think just trying new things together. So we mentioned dancing. We took an eight week uh, dance class a couple summers ago. And that's been good because we've been able, I think, just to be in other settings where dancing was going on and just feel a little bit more comfortable. Like at my cousin's wedding, for instance, (laughs) it seemed like pretty seamless for us to just go out and and dance and, and not really think about it and just have a good time because the only other dance instruction we'd received was for our <laughs> first dance at our wedding and that was like by this older couple it was very formal they were teaching us all these really yeah formal moves we didn't do any of it we we're just like okay we know the box like we'll <laughs> fill in the the rest but for our class we learned like cha-cha and swing dancing and some other stuff and I think we both agree like we want to do another class and like mm-hmm. make that um, a regular feature of things that we do. Yeah, I think at that wedding we even had someone come up and like ask us if we like did that. I don't think they asked like professionally, but it was just like so easy and fun. We both felt com- confident. Where like maybe a month prior we were at this other dance thing and I was <laughs> horrified at the dancing. You what what even were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I probably blacked out. Ryan knows how to dance pretty well, but he was doing something crazy as he's like holding my 
arms. So then I'm just flopping around awkwardly. <laughs> and we were the only ones dancing. Oh, yeah. We were. So we everyone were, uh, was watching just us. We were honky tonking. It, yeah. It was so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so That weird. was at one of my work events. So yeah. that shows you how little I care about what people think. <laughs> yeah. I cringe when I think of that. But then, yeah. Good old Des Moines Ballroom was. Yeah, highly Great. recommend. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Sign up today. Um, yeah. So, any other dates or experiences that we've done that stand out to you? Uh, this isn't a date or an experience. It's kind of random, but I just thought of it. Um, so George loves to get into my nightstand and empty out my drawer, and I keep all of the your love notes that you've given me and there was a stack of sticky notes that I found and I remember you stuck them all over the house we've both done this to each other at different times um but it'll just say random things like you're my best friend or I love you so much um or you'll write like a memory on one of the sticky notes so that was super fun just kind of rereading mm-hmm. through some of those um and I still remember like finding them like I walked through the house and every single room I would go into there'd be a sticky note and there might be like five in one room um and then I've also done like writing with a dry erase marker on the mirror just little surprises like that mm-hmm. I think are you <clears throat> even kind of fun yeah yeah that's i think getting back to that emotional connection so and those are super easy things to do it's just we don't think to do them Mm -hmm. very often um yeah because even you just mentioning it i'm like wow i haven't thought about that (laughs) for such a long time thanks george for emptying yeah (laughs) but that took me maybe five ten minutes to like write write those and then put them put them around the house and I can just picture you like going into each room and like the anticipations building. You're like looking around and like which <laughs> ones are in here. And yeah, I think doing little gestures like that, that's only going to enhance your dating life. Cause then you can go on dates and you've already kind of put in that, that work. And I think connection and like romance and intimacy is just a natural like next step if you've been doing things like that. So mm-hmm. let's talk about as we kind of bring this one to a close how we've been able to maintain our dating life five years into our marriage with two, almost three kids. I think the responsibilities of work, other friendships, you know, church, other commitments that we have, how we've been able to maintain dating. And full disclosure, Victoria's mom does live with us and is very generous with her time to watch our boys so we can go on dates. And we understand this is a very unique advantage that we have. Um, we, we don't have to find a regular babysitter. So we're mind, we're mindful not to take advantage of her mom and to, we try to express our appreciation for her care. So she watches the boys. We like, we like to take her out to, to eat. And I mean, she doesn't expect it or require it, but I think for us, it's just our way of saying like, Hey, we really appreciate that you do this. Um, so I just wanted to encourage and challenge you by saying like, we make time for the things that matter to us. So it may require you or just most people more time and organization on your end to go out on a date and like, yeah, to line up a babysitter. I realize that I can't even appreciate the difficulty of that because we don't have to do it. But if dating your spouse truly is important, you know, you'll do what you need to, to make it happen. 
Yeah, I think I even know someone who neither of them have family in town, so they use each other as the babysitter, so they'll take turns. That way they're not having to pay someone. So like every other month, um, they'll each babysit each other's kids. That's always kind of a good option too. Or if you both have flexible jobs, just carving out time in the middle of the day while kids are at daycare, Mm -hmm. that way you don't have to pay for a babysitter. Yeah. I think even the idea of letting your spouse have personal dates. So if you have kids, like how do, how do I give Victoria time for herself? And how does she give me time for myself? Um, that's a great gift that we can give to each other. And then we want to reciprocate that. And so even just being mindful of like those personal dates when it comes to babysitters like craigslist also a great resource (laughs) so (laughs) check it out (laughs) um one kind of last question i wanted to ask you on this topic of marriage and dating and parenting like how would you say that prioritizing dating in our marriage has helped you become a better mom i think just being encouraged you mentioned this earlier just speaking truth and life into each other um i feel like yeah on our dates when we do ask those good intentional questions um you know maybe we do talk about kids sometimes and the struggles and then you can encourage me um pray with each other like that's always really uplifting and then going back home to the kids is always really fulfilling too Mm-hmm. yeah so just being in the trenches together and just having that connection in marriage that you can then take into parenting to encourage each other and lift each other up yeah cool yeah I, I had an idea along those same lines of just parenting being a team effort so it's not just me being a dad over here and you being a mom over here it's both of us working together to raise the best boys we can and certainly there are times where you know, you're with the boys during the day being a mom, I'm not there. And sometimes in the evenings, like when you're working now, I'm, you know, being a dad to the boys on my own, but overall it's, it's you and I working together as a team. So I think when you and I may maintain a good rhythm in our marriage and like prioritizing our relationship first, then we work together better. So our communication's better I think we're more patient and gracious towards each other. Like you mentioned, we encourage each other. I think the the flip side of that is like if you and I haven't been able to like connect, it's easy for us to be more at odds mm-hmm. when it comes to parenting and just critical and impatient and like, why did you do that? Or why did you say that to them? And um, instead of like, okay, yeah, let's maybe we can can we do this next time yeah even um like that app uh in love while parenting i think is what it's called that's been really helpful so if there's been something i've learned or you've learned um sometimes in the moment of parenting like we're learning and sometimes we're clueless but there's other times where i'm like oh i just learned about this so i'll kind of not um i won't like take over of the parenting i'll kind of maybe be like hey like try this or Mm. something and kind of tell you what I learned and let you finish the parenting. Um, That way the boys aren't looking at like us and being like, Oh, mom's 
this way and dad's this way. Yeah. It's like, nope, we're both the parents and we're both parenting you. Not one is more passive than the other. You can't get away with this with one parent. And, yeah. uh, cause that's kind of how it was growing up for me. It was like, oh, I'll ask this parent for, to, you know, go out with friends tonight because mm-hmm. <laughs> this one will say yes. Yeah. So being on the same page and, um, and like you said, if one, one of us isn't doing it well, not criticizing in front of the kids, but like talking later, like, Hey, like this is what you could have done mm-hmm. or trying to do it in an encouraging way. Yeah. Not undermining each other, especially in front of the kids. Cause as they get older, they'll pick up on that and I mean, they can try to use that to their advantage, like, kind of like what you touched on. And I think another part of that is like when you're tired and at your wits end, you've had a, a long day with the kids. It's like I can step in and, and pick up the slack. And like I want to do that because we've been connecting in our marriage. Like mm-hmm. if we're kind of not connecting and maybe there's strife in my flesh i'm not as like willing to be like oh i can see she's tired but it's like i kind of still want to be selfish and like do my own thing whereas if we have been connecting and prioritizing our relationship it's like i want to serve and i should always want that but i'm just being honest about like my sinful flesh here yeah there's definitely been times where i've like kept score of like i put both the boys to bed the past however many nights and then I'll verbalize that and that always goes great. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, just having that servant's heart and like, you know, there's there's days where you're really tired and you accidentally fall asleep on the couch and instead of <laughs> me getting mad like, "Oh my gosh, I have to put them to bed again." Just being like, "Okay, I'm going to let him rest and take the boys up and and then maybe tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn no <laughs> tomorrow i'll take it not expecting anything in return is yeah. yeah hard to do yeah the bible says love remembers no wrongs mm-hmm. but i kind of like to also say love remembers no rights in terms of like not keeping a score sheet of like these are all the right things that i've done yeah like where are you at and keeping that tally and, and kind of like holding up your good deeds, you know, over the other person's head of like trying to motivate them that way. That doesn't mm-hmm. go over well usually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a great place to leave it as we close. just want to share some action steps. So maybe you're listening to this and you're kind of realizing, yeah, I need to start prioritizing dating in in my marriage again and maybe you and your spouse have kind of already been having these conversations what are some things that you can do to take action i think number one is just determine your rhythm for dating are you able to do every week is it bi-weekly is it more so like us where we do maybe one kind of bigger date a month but then kind of making sure you sprinkle in times to connect because you don't we don't just have the one date and then we don't have any quality time or conversation. We're still connecting, but it, they're not so much dates. They're just kind of those touch points. And another thing we've talked about is taking turns to plan your dates. So if it's only one person that's always taking the initiative and in planning, I think that can be taxing on them. Also, like they want to feel desired as well. And like one of the one of the best ways that I feel desired by Victoria is when she tells me like, hey, have, make sure you leave this night open because I've planned a date for us or even just something spontaneous. So yeah, take turns, um, share the load of that. 
Try new things and experiences. Make sure it's something that your spouse will at least enjoy. <laughs> I'm not going to make Victoria sit through a football game. She wouldn't enjoy that. She's not going to make me go shopping. I would like that more than camping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. So, no, I crossed camping off the list after <laughs> Arkansas. And then if you are not in as fortunate of a place as us to have an amazing mother-in-law slash grandma who lives with you, then find a dependable babysitter. Again, Craigslist. Check it out. <laughs> but once you find a babysitter, I think like treat them really well. Because like, I can imagine a good babysitter is probably sitting for multiple families maybe and like i can just envision like competition from parents of like trying to get like the best babysitter in the neighborhood that everybody knows about and (laughs) so just treat them well like pay them well express your express your appreciation for them and obviously like tell your kids to behave and not scare them away so (laughs) (laughs) any other thoughts that you have in terms of how to just prioritize dating and marriage yeah i think for me you're really good about planning dates and that's something that i just forget about it fly time flies by so i have to put it in my calendar of like okay plan a date for this month that way i'll actually do it Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not good with the spontaneous stuff yeah and that's okay and that's it's again that's why we used to be better at having like monthly meetings and that would be one of the things we would talk about is like, Hey, by the way, it's your turn for the date next month. And we've kind of gotten away from those meetings, but we still try to give each other a notice of like, Hey, can you plan a, plan a date? So like it's October right now and it's Victoria's month. So I'm excited for her to plan something. And I don't have any real expectations, but I just know that it'll be good. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. I just mean like, again, going back to expectations, like, I have faith in you that you're going to plan something amazing, but I'm not going into it of like, well, I really hope we do, or we better do this. <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm saying. I know. It'll be good just because we'll be together. I was even going to have us like try to think of like times that we've gotten in fights on dates, which I'm sure has happened. Uh, every time? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fortunately, there wasn't anything glaring that came to mind. Um, so yeah, that's the last, the last encouragement is like, don't fight on your dates. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I want to thank you for listening again. I've been your host, Ryan, joined by my beautiful wife, Victoria. You've been listening to The Uncommon Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.